this is James Rolfe, and you're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candera, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Gordy. And I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today from Free Fantasy Comics to talk about his uh, Kickstarter going for the last arrival, going till September 20th, Daniel Prim. Thanks so much for being with us, Daniel. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm done, and I'm just a guy who writes comics and really just sits around and watch Game of Thrones all day. <laughs> You're in good company, then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You meet both the criteria for being a cool person in the eyes of Candair. <laughs> awesome. Well, today on the show, we're going to be first in our retro roundtable talking about, this was an interesting topic, the toys that exist today that we wish we had when we were kids, which is pretty all-encompassing. I mean, it can yeah, really be about anything. Not too specific. I think, I, at least I hope so, because I had some trouble with this one. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, me too. I think it's going to be fun, nonetheless. Uh, and then in the comic uh, vault, what do you got, Jake? I've got a little something called Weavers. And the thing about this comic is it rules, mm-hmm. and I love it. And I will elaborate on that when we reach that sequence. I like your reasoning. All it's right. good. It's good. One of the comics we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Daniel and talk about The Last Arrival. But before we do that, Jake... Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to share with you some special information, a way to improve your life, happiness, fortune. All you have to do is visit us at our various social networking outlets. What? It's so easy. Check us out on Twitter, at CannedAirPod, and Instagram, at Canned underscore Air. We've got lots of jokes and fun images and retweets and just... Good stuff all around. Wholesome content. I tend uh, to agree out, with you. Yeah, yeah. Check out our YouTube page, where we've got all kinds of fun videos going up and plenty more on the way. And uh, while you're on Twitter or Instagram, be sure to take a picture of your shadow puppet with the hashtag CanShadow for a chance to win some excellent free comics. Courtesy of, what do we got? We got Stabity Bunny, we got Max Hunter. We got the first few issues of Stabity Bunny, yeah, Max so. Hunter, uh, Trade. A lot of think-alike productions, mostly, we have to thank Yeah, then we're going to cut some other stuff in there, yeah, too. So that would be some awesome. other comics that we've got later. Uh, there, and so. it's free. So yeah, we're I, taking a picture of a shadow. Come on. Where do you, it's there all the time. This isn't even something you have to create. Just get a camera. Every contest we do, we try to make it a little easier for people. Eventually, like, we're going to be like, you know, just like, hey, have you taken a breath today? <laughs> you <win>. can breath. <laughs> yeah. Make sure they're G-rated shadows, too. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah no, no dicks and balls, no, please. No bat signaling, please. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see it. Yeah. Uh, but or yeah. the tentacles. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do that. Go to YouTube. Visit our website for our special guests and contacts page. Oh, Society6 for our merchandise. There you go. T-shirts, and clocks, etc. For those people uh, who are going to Wizard World shows in the near future, uh, I think the nas- next show is in Nashville, September 8th through the 10th. Uh, and then following that is Madison, September 22nd through the 24th. And then Oklahoma, October 27th through the 29th. If you plan on going to these co- uh, conventions at time of purchase on wizardworld.com, type canned air, lowercase, no space. Get yourself a cool 10% off your ticket. That is awesome. Finally, a reason to go to Oklahoma. The state <laughs> must be elated. All right. Well, with all that behind us, let's just get right into our retro round table. <laughs> Toys that exist today, we wish we had when we were younger. If you don't mind, I'd kind of like to take the lead. I was going to say, since you suggested this, (laughs) you kick it right off. There was kind of a specific thought I had that, that sort of blossomed into this whole concept. And that's... When I go to the supermarket these days, I am just awed by the scale and scope and, like, varying levels of power of Nerf guns that are available these oh, days. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Six different kinds of belt-fed, multi-barrel gas. You've got top-break, over-under shotguns. You've got crossbows. You've got mm-hmm. compound bows. You've got Derringer pistols. It's every form and function available yeah. is utilized. And it's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. 
I had this Nerf gun. I got it for Christmas when I was younger. And this thing was a fucking beast. I mean, it had a handle on the top. It rested on your hip and then just a huge crank. Oh, I remember that. On the side. Yeah, and it had yeah. a belt that ran through it, feeding it these arrows with little suction cups. And I, there was probably about 20 arrows. And it was like the pinnacle Christmas gift. And it was incredible. You can't beat it. I broke that shit before the day was over. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So when I, I was a kid, we didn't have Nerf guns. We had a wooden dowel with a suction cup stuck to the end of it. <laughs> he got there. <laughs> <laughs> and the last horse crosses the finish. <laughs> but yeah, and they've got something similar to that, I guess, an analog to that old crank action where it's like it's elect it's electric. It's motorized. Oh, no kidding. The belt is like 50, 60 darts long. It's got a tripod for Christ's sake. I mean, this is this is a gun emplacement you know this is if you are besieged on all sides this is the thing you whip out to even (laughs) the odds it's incredible i've seen i saw a nerf gun with an underslung grenade launcher that fired a big it almost looked like a nerf football i just if i had seen that when i was like five or six it would have blown my little brain right out the back of my skull and your teeth to the back of your throat seriously (laughs) what about you dan's have anymore I don't know. You can probably launch at six or seven football fields. You know, <laughs> God Lord, take out your. They're doing the out. same things with the uh, water guns now as well. Yeah, yeah, they're absolutely. Like, they're lethal, like motorized and stuff. Like, yeah, like it's crazy what's going out there. Like uh, the whole tank is bigger than a kid. Yeah, they've got the backpack <laughs> fed ones now. I've got the uh, look at this one. It fires pure ice crystals. You know. <laughs> now correct me if I'm wrong. Armor but... piercing up to fifteen feet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea of water, gun, and electronics in the same device don't sound like a great idea to me. But Welcome to America. <laughs> ah, there's not enough power in the, in the battery to shock you. Oh, I yeah, a, I guess a that's a good point. It's just a battery. <laughs> <laughs> New Super Soaker Electrified. They'll call it like the Super Jolt 8000. Like, give your friends a shot. <laughs> it's like a you need to control the population somehow. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Mild current. Just whittle More. them down young. What about you, Dan? I, I mostly had water guns when I was a kid. It was pretty hot where I was growing up. So we were spraying each other. And that's all we did. It was really, really boring in the farm growing <laughs> up. So we didn't have much to do. Just watch uh, crappy movies and, yeah, spray each other, really. <laughs> At least I, you had pretend violence to keep you going. Yes. Not just pretend. <laughs> oh, wow. <Jeez. laughs> no, uh, speaking of water guns, one thing that just came to mind, I, I wish would have been around when we were kids because it was such a pain in the ass, or water balloons. Now they have these things oh, you yeah. can buy that you just yeah. hook to the hose and it's it like fills up like 30 in like yeah. 10 seconds. You just pop them off. You don't have to tie them. I mean, how many water balloons were broken Oh man! by the time you got them filled, tried to tie them off? I mean, by the time... They were barely worth it. Yeah. If you were able to even tie them yourself. I remember not being able to tie them and had to have the parents do it. Yeah. And they don't want to do it, so then you're screwed without water balloons. (laughs) But you remember the water balloons that were, they looked like grenades. They actually had like the little squares on them. Yeah. Between those squares was so freaking weak. Like it took (laughs) nothing to pop those things. (laughs) May as well have been filled with black powder or something. (laughs) Get ready to wind up to throw it and just the gravity from you pushing it forward, it blows up in your hand on you. Right. And then if you don't fill them up enough, you've got the opposite problem where they don't burst <laughs> they on impact. Off. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly and your hurt. sister's got a black eye and the party's over. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What about you, Jack? Uh, kinetic sand. Oh, I saw a yeah. commercial for it the other day that this kid was playing with his like construction vehicles out in the yard. And he's got this sand that's molded. It's kind of like foam, except it's not like slime and the foam pellets mm-hmm. but it's actually sand that's moldable and it looks like real rocks because they have like cinder block molds that you can cast out of it but it just mushes into nothing just into sand but we didn't mm-hmm. have nothing like that as a kid we just had sand if your parents would let you <laughs> and no then if you did have a sandbox sand. it'd be full of cat turds because the cats that run around the neighborhood think it was a litter box yeah there's no getting around that either. <laughs> so then you have sand with makeshift lincoln logs i guess <laughs> i wonder how kinetic sand would hold up in the elements i don't know well they've got variations of it that's like hydrophobic 
So you can build little towers out of it when it's submerged in water, and then you bring it above the surface, and it just falls apart. It's hard to That's crazy. describe. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to watch. It's hard to describe, but why would you want that? I mean, I I honestly don't see the appeal. <laughs> Because like, science, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, it's it's like Shrinky Dinks. You remember Shrinky Dinks? Oh my God! Oh, yeah. here's something cool. Now you put it in the oven, you take it out. It's like one eighth the size. Oh, you lost it. I'm not yeah. sure what made it cooler by being smaller. It just, I don't know. I don't know. It went from being paper to a hard little piece of plastic you could yeah. use as a keychain or something. Oh, I mean, this it, is it always fun. broke, but eh, yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Passing fun, it. yeah, for sure. Um, let me see. Uh, how about drones? That's one thing that yeah. I wish I would have had when I was That was, was one of mine. Yeah. That was one of mine on my list, too. Yeah. So the- I was uh, struggling to go up with uh, any toys. So I was like, oh, I fucking love some drones. Yeah. <laughs> Do you uh, own a drone, Dan? Yeah. I own a, like, um, uh, really bad one at the moment because it's been knocking into some trees and uh, neighbors' faces and the cats <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh,. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what it's for. I moved since. So, <laughs> do you have a uh, camera on the drone, or is it just purely for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. Uh, I'm having. Yeah, man. I don't know why that wasn't achievable when I was a kid, though. I don't know why that was on a drone. Why is that such a new thing? Like, you know. Yeah, these these are things that fly before. Yeah, the method of propulsion thought. isn't exactly new. You know. But Pretty you sure know, we even had helicopters like, as far back as the Korean War. But I remember yeah. when I was a, like a really young kid, like this had to have been like like eighty five, eighty six, being at school and someone uh, bringing in this helicopter, remote controlled helicopter. But this thing had like a gas engine on it, and oh, it was wow. probably about as big as this table here, huh. and it had crazy range on it so that is a good thing to bring up like why is this technology just now coming around that is interesting to think about miniaturization and less expensive to manufacture these days yeah but they had remote control cars and the things that are turning the wheels on those can't be that much more powerful that are turning the propellers do you think think. or less powerful or sucked up a lot quicker because i mean the car you only had for a couple hours (laughs) that's true like eight Eight C batteries in the car, and it would last like an hour. Yeah, there's no drone carrying eight C batteries. Yeah, the ratio of charge time to actual play time with old RC toys was right. not favorable. The closest thing to RC helicopter I had when I was a kid was like this pistol grip with a plastic helicopter that sat on top of it, and then you'd pull the string. Oh, I remember those. And it would zip up in the sky, and the like the fuselage would sit there and spin uncontrollably, so it didn't look like it was real or anything. <laughs> Then it would go over the neighbor's fence, and then that was gone forever. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, yeah, so fickle these things are. I told you, Jack, I told you not to use it that way. The evil wild dog that lived next door that no one would go over there. He'd eat balls and stuff. I uh, I used to have this. It was a dragonfly, a remote-controlled dragonfly. It was like clearance at Walmart. I saw it for like $2. I thought, why not? Yeah. Can't go wrong for $2. But this thing, I just would sit down, I'd get on the the control and try to fly it. Its wings would just start flapping, and it doesn't work that way. Right. You, know? you have to throw it into a into the breeze and then activate it. Gotcha. Once I figured out how to get it going, this thing was incredible because it had four wings that just like a dragonfly, and it yeah. would soar, man. It just would go like Stuff I a little. What do they call that? It's a when it flaps its wings instead of rotor wing. It's an ornithop flight. Oh, flight! <laughs> Basic aviation. I thought they called it ungravity, but no, it's a it's an ornithopter when the wings move. When they're fixed, it's just a that's all awesome, right. Though. We get it. We get it. You you are learned, man. That's true. <laughs> you know what? That is the point I've been trying to make for I like just about ninety four episodes yeah. now. <laughs> We're back to you, Jake. Sorry. I saw this thing at the store the other day that I thought was just incredible. It was like, I don't know what setting this thing is right for, but it was like a two, two and a half foot tall skeleton of a T-Rex that was like crudely modified with like caveman level technology. It had like sticks and pistons and vines and missile launchers coming out of its chest and a catapult on the top that launched pterodactyls. It was part of some, like, prehistoric, weird, retro-future playset. Let me just say, right now, 
based on the description you've given me, I want one. I know. I saw <laughs> it. Like, sounds oh, awesome. Sweet. I well, never well, seen well, anything quite like it. Yeah. And I just remember thinking to myself, I would lust after this toy like nothing else in the world if I were younger. Instead, I just stood in front of the display case way too long. Probably yeah. enough for like local parents in the area to be like, "Can we get security in here or something?" You know, I've I've had that same hang up before because I there's no secret I love toys and I sure. every time I go to the store I look up the action figure aisle and I had that was a big hill for me to get over. Like, I hope people don't think I'm like a pedophile. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey kids, come with me, you know, <laughs> anything like that. But um, do you want a balloon? <laughs> <laughs> I got more of these Ninja Turtles back in my place. <laughs> I got a turtle van in the parking lot. (laughs) This one's white, though. All right. um, We are back to Dan. Uh, What else you got on your list there, Dan? I just wrote smartphone, which is a really dumb thing. (laughs) uh, Because when I was a kid in the 90s, uh, the biggest thing was having a cell phone, a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. And it's just having those basic snake games on it. Was just we were watching that for hours, and that was one line chasing one dot for an hour, for hours on end. And then, if I would see a smartphone uh, with the eyes of, uh, with my kid's eyes, I would just my mind would explode. Just anything that's like new um, technology, new media would be uh, so magical, and I would just play around with it all all my life. And, like, there's no distance between you and entertainment anymore. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. It makes the world I just watch movies. Yeah. I would just do the same thing as I do now, basically. <laughs> you know, it's uh, funny you bring that up because uh, I remember when I was uh, maybe, like, sixth grade, maybe junior high, something that became really big before cell phones were even out was uh, pocket organizers. Like, you could type your itinerary into and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Like they had on Seinfeld. The wizard! (laughs) But um, I remember getting one of those, begging my parents for one. Uh, We got it at Service Merchandise, God rest it. Oh, I remember. (laughs) But um, I remember a lot of kids at school had them, and the only game on there was Hangman. And (laughs) it was still the coolest thing to play because it was like a little electronic computer in your pocket. The novelty of it, you know. Yeah. It would be crazy to think about where we'd be today had the smartphone concept been around when we were kids, you know? Mm-hmm. I kind of miss miss those days, those simpler days when I was entertained by more simpler things. Now I'm like, I need so much more stuff for my brain to be entertained. Uh, this, yeah. You know. Totally sure. agree with you. You never get as high as that very first time, you know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I remember being a kid in school with the, seeing the kid across me with the uh, the calculator watch. That was the coolest. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, watch that out. asshole kid. Yeah. He exactly. was an asshole. Like, why is he get it and I don't? Doesn't make sense. Because he had, because he had the cool dad. Yeah, know, right. Not you. <laughs> Stay out. This is the cool guy zone. Um, I remember my, I think it was my junior, senior year, one of my classmates, like, had well established what he was going to be doing after school before we were even out of school. <laughs> like, his junior year, he had a full-time operation doing lawns, like, landscaping and stuff. Yeah. Not only just around the neighborhood, but for big businesses. To the point where his parents both quit their jobs and worked for him. Good Lord. And uh, he had one of the first cell phones I ever saw. And I remember being in English class and that cell phone ringing and him answering it to take an order. Because, <laughs> you know, the teachers let him do it because it was his right. business. And uh, how just the awe that swept over the room. Everyone's like, oh, my God, a phone and there's no cord. And oh, my God, this is incredible. And my leash. So desensitized. Where did you find such technology? (laughs) Are you from the future? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Another one I have on my list here is uh, the Sphero BB-8 that I got after The Force Awakens came out. And that whole Sphero thing's been around before. I think they just sell, like, the ball that doesn't look like BB-8 that you control with your phone somewhere in that, like, relaxation at the office kind of... I think that's how it was marketed when it first came out. Yeah, exactly. Just the concept of BB-8 when I first saw it was... Really cool, like a new, like, how's that, how's that working? I remember them how rolling it out onto the stage, and I'm like, no, it's sorcery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it um, had that old Star Wars magic to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really did, and never did you think you'd have one of those to play with at home, yeah. yet here we are. And uh, 
that's just really cool. Not yeah. that I wish we would have had it when we were kids, but it's really cool just to even have it right. now. It seems and like something that's still down the line. And you see something like that. Like, the first time you see BB-8, you think to yourself, like, oh, that must be a very complicated internal process. Right. You know, whatever's going on under the hood's got to be pretty expensive. But no, apparently it's simple enough that they can just, you know, hawk it at every supermarket. After I got it, though, I was like, I want to know how this fucking thing works. <laughs> yeah, I have almost to know worth cracking how this open. works. So I got on YouTube and looked up videos where guys had bought two of them and they just hacksawed <laughs> one open. And after you see how it works the mechanics are simple they are yeah. so yeah. simple yeah it's just the super low center of gravity on it and that's it huh. yeah it really is and then the head of it's just a magnet that's held in place by a another magnet on the inside being held by that servo well, I'll be damned. Yeah. it's crazy it's easy but anyway that's my offering jack the three foot tall like darth vaders they got at the toy stores <laughs> when i was a kid i would have loved to have one of those things Especially got that they have the little touchpad on their chest where you would say stuff. They had nothing like that when I was a kid. They had my buddies. My buddies. <laughs> yeah, you're always afraid we're going to kill you in your sleep, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember the talking things I had when I was young. Like, I had a talking Alf doll. But I remember, like, after a few, you know, after a year or two, it was like, yeah, Yeah, it becomes creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Thing that haunts your dreams, for sure. Silence me. (laughs) Rip the box out. The The ones that make the music go the worst. Yeah. Because they just (laughs) get out of tune and... (laughs) Yeah, it's like putting in an old cassette and just how it, like, will... When the gears like they'll spin real fast and then hit like a law and spin fast and you get that chorus of lost souls effect. Yeah, yeah, you really do. It's creepy. Where are we at here? We're about twenty three minutes. I'll do one more here. Just uh, virtual reality. Yeah. In general, like the like the PlayStation VR. Closest thing that existed when I was younger was the Nintendo Virtual Boy. Which yeah. I'm pretty sure it could give you an aneurysm if you used it for more than an hour. Yeah, it, it, it was, that was false advertising. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, it's weird because, like, whenever, like, say my parents or someone come by, someone from a, a different generation, and they see me, like, playing Grand Theft Auto or something, and I'm flying around, just looking at that makes them dizzy, and they have to look away. <laughs> like, I don't know how you can watch that yeah. or do that. And, you know, I, if I were to come to it now, having never looked at it, I'd probably be the same way. But sure. having grown up with it, I'm used to it, you know. Yeah, it just doesn't make a difference anymore. So when this PlayStation VR came out and I tried it a few different times, man, I cannot roll with it. I love it, love the concept, but I get sick as hell <laughs> when I use it. I get the worst headache. It just ruins the rest of the day for me. So if that would have been around when I was younger and I came up with it, I don't probably think I'd have that all right. at all. Yeah. You know, I'd be used to it and yeah and i remember trying it just recently you were there and yeah. it was fine i was fine for a while and i was loving it and then like 35 40 minutes afterward it just all at once i was like i need to go to the hospital it just <laughs> went from <laughs> up here to way down here like the second i took it off i was like grabbing a trash can oh <laughs> fuck. yeah so yeah Pros it was weird cons. after after first trying it out for a long period of time and then coming back to the real world there's that real weird, uneasy feeling that you had for a little while that kind of stuck. But then it goes away. It's like after you've been jumping on a trampoline for about an hour, yeah, and then you get yeah. on the hard ground, and you're like, oh. Like, no, oh, put this, me back in. This is I'm too so real. Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it for this. Um, one more toy I wish we had when we were kids. T-shirt. The t-shirt Graphic toy. Tees. The canned air T-shirt, that the is. Podcasting was just a distant dream when I was young. Yeah. It was, that was a, a good segue. You like Thank that? You, you like that? <laughs> didn't see it coming. <laughs> we keep them guessing. That's, that's how we do. That's, I'll give it to you. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Society6.com Can forward we use slash that quote on the website? Just at the top of society. It's like, I'll give it to you. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> 2017. <laughs> With three dots after it. <laughs> yeah, it says go. nothing it's about sarcastic. the product. <laughs> and, it, and it would be accurate, too. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Because what can be like? Oh, okay. Because what can be said about our merch page? Shower uh, curtains <laughs> and fucking t-shirts. I mean, two great. Tastes, it's not exactly peanut butter and jelly, tea. but you know, maybe we can start something. Make it here. work. No t-shirts, V-neck t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, tank tops, biker oh, tanks. We got hoodies. so many t-shirts. We don't know what to do with them all. It's true. It's true. A t-shirt for all seasons. <laughs> we got you covered. We got you covered. <laughs> 
going back to school. Backpacks. We got yeah. backpacks, right? Do we really? Not yet, no. See? Oh, wow, get my hopes What the fuck up. do I know? <laughs> Society6.com forward slash Pod. You want to know what we're selling? You go look for yourself, because I sure as hell don't have a clue. Uh, use the hashtag Candair Backpacks right now if you want Candair Backpacks right now on Society6. <laughs> oh, with that bullshit behind us, let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Uh, who would like to go first? Or I can go first. I never go first. How about I go first? Why don't you go first? Gives me time to, again, look up who wrote my comic, because it keeps slipping my mind. Very good. Very good. Well, <clears throat> with Guardians of the Galaxy uh, having just come out on Blu-ray, which, again, one of the best movies of the summer, in my opinion. Good stuff. And um, this month is also the 100th birthday of uh, Jack Kirby. And in celebrating Jack Kirby, Marvel has put out some of his number ones that he did. So I picked up number one of Groot. Nice. No, this is not the Groot, the Groot we uh, know and love today. Let me assure you that. This is a big tree planet, or excuse me, a big tree monster from the planet X. Planet X. And yeah, so this comic starts with a... Uh, <laughs> this is, oh man, I can't wait to explain this to you. A guy and his wife driving home from a party. And in the woods, they see something fall. Like a big something fall from the sky and very bright land in the woods. And he's like, well, maybe I should go see what that is. That's and she's like, no, idea. go home. It's late. I'm tired. You know, so he just goes home. And it, over a few days, he decides, I'm going back out there to check it out. So he goes out there. after Because the, what makes him go back out there, he keeps hearing reports of... Uh, People's trees missing out of their yard. Their wooden fence is gone. Their wooden deck has been pulled from their house. Anything made of wood has just come up missing. So he goes out into the wood, thinking woods, thinking this is related, what he saw the other night. And when he gets out there, he sees this enormous building tall tree monster standing there. And anything that's made of wood surrounding trees, like I said, fences, decks, whatever it may be, is just drawn to him. And he's, he is absorbing and getting bigger and bigger. And he has assured that he's assured the citizens that there is no escape. What he plans to do is that uh, he and his uh, people have chosen this town to uproot and take back to Planet X and examine, just for scientific purpose. What a dick! Yeah. So what his plan is is he commands the surrounding trees to surround the city so tight no one can leave. Then the trees root themselves under the city and also grow tall and make kind of like a handle to where they can just grab and pull the whole city out of the ground and fly it back to Planet X. This did not go in the direction I expected. No, me neither. Not at all. Not at all. But uh, so the scientist goes home and he's thinking, how am I going to beat this thing? Because bullets are not doing anything. Chainsaws, nothing. And he has a eureka moment. He makes this device, heads out to the woods, throws it at Groot, and he's debilitated. He falls over, withers away, and dies. And the townspeople are scratching their chins. What could have it been that he put in this bomb to defeat Groot? Termites. (laughs) Termites. Because we all know termites work instantly. Instantly. (laughs) Just like in cartoons. They just have to touch the wood and the shit's gone, man. But the most memorable thing from this book... Like, there wouldn't have been termites in the area somewhere. Yeah. That he would I, have been ca- Sorry. Out in the woods. Yeah, I don't get it. But the thing that left that was left on me from this book is this guy's wife. Because it starts with them driving home from a party. And her words are, Honestly, that George Carter is a wonderful guy. He's so manly, so rugged. If only you were that way, Leslie. Leslie being the scientist in question. Wow, I was one of those. Yeah, and I thought, okay, well, why are you writing that in? Maybe it has to pertain to the story somewhere. So he's like, oh, something fell in the woods. Maybe we should go see it. No, Leslie, it's late, and I'm too much too tired. Get going home. Uh, So he goes home, yada, yada, and she starts complaining about stuff missing, trees missing out of the backyard, the fence gone. He goes, okay, well, I think I'm going to drive out to the woods, like I said he did, investigate. It might have something to do with it. She goes, okay, but how about you walk instead? It might harden you up, toughen you up a little bit. I mean, come on. What's what's she what's what's she got against? Sure, she was with that other guy instead of the withered wimp I'm with now. But she just keeps putting this guy down throughout the book, just over and over. And it's not to that very last panel after the termite revelation that oh, darling, forgive me, I've been such a fool. Really? 
Because he found some termites? Come and on. And then it was all okay. I just would have loved a, a one more bubble that said, really? <laughs> Sign these divorce papers. No, fuck you. <laughs> but anyway, group number one. Wow, that's Kirby weird. Original. Very, very weird indeed. Yeah, that's wild. So, was that that Tales to Astonish? Uh, no, it does not say Tales to Astonish on it. Anyway. Uh, I'm looking at a group number one here that's got oh, this weird looking monster. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover... Like the new cover they made for the it. I opened cover. the cover and the old one's in there. And yes, it does say Tales to Astonish. So, yeah, very cool. Uh, Dan, would you like to go next? Sure. Uh, by the way, just mentioning it, this is now that uh, this is the day when uh, exactly Jack Kirby's 100th birthday. So, uh, today is? is it 28th of August, yeah. Wow, what are the odds? Huh. I almost when talked we, about this last recording. week. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you pointed that this, out. I wouldn't know. Re- this really dates the the podcast, but we'll see. <laughs> you, you can you can get out there. Oh no, I'm leaving it. I'm no, leaving yeah. it. Okay. What's done is done. <laughs> with my with my stammers and everything. Okay. I, I knew that's what you <laughs> Well, I've been really busy, and the last comic book I've read was Sandman Overture, the oh, second time. Very nice. I don't know. Yeah, if you're familiar with Sandman, I mean, it's pretty I've popular. heard of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I don't think describing the plot gives it any justice. It's a very emotional journey. If you're not familiar with Sandman, uh, the whole Sandman series is centered about the embodiment of Dream, uh, who is, on the first issues of Sandman, he's uh, trapped in... Uh, in the human world, and there's consequences from that, and the, and the mainstream uh, Sandman series starts. But 25 years later, Neil Gaiman wrote a follow-up called Sandman Overture, which explains why humans could capture uh, Dream itself, Morpheus, and it just explains why he was better already, why he was um, uh, uh, exhausted and all sorts and i think it's more interesting than the whole main series i have i have issues with the with the main series and with neil gaiman in general i think uh, he can be really amazing or he can be a bit up his own ass sometimes <laughs> <laughs> uh if if any if i don't judge anyone sandman is my favorite series but i don't judge anyone who doesn't read uh, further than the world's end because that's when it start, really starts like oh god you're so <laughs> full of yourself but sometimes he has really a sense of humor about himself and Overture is a really good comeback to the Sandman and I really really recommend it um, to anyone who likes the Sandman series or art in general JH uh, Williams III who is my favorite artist made like i it's my favorite comic book art in ever a fun fact uh we're gonna talk about the last arrival my comic i asked uh jh williams to uh to do a variant cover for me but he's unfortunately occupied so oh man but i really want i really wanted him to do it <laughs> yeah but it looks like it's gonna be a series so maybe a future one issue. of these days yeah 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 yeah, yeah. because Man, I wrote a heartfelt letter to him, and he he wrote back. He was really nice and everything. Um, but yeah, so send them and stuff. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. Well, no, we've heard uh, of that book on the show before, and everyone yeah. just speaks so highly of it. So yeah, um, I I had never finished the main series. It's something I'm still kind of chipping away at. Oh, do you time. have it? Yeah, I've I've got some. I don't have a lot. Uh, it's buried in a PDF file somewhere. Don't worry, I totally paid for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I totally. It's it's an emotional journey, kind of a series, and at the end, it, it teeters away, like it stops being good. And I hate to be I hate to be this harsh on it, but it does after the seventh book, which is fair enough. Uh, but Overture brings it back again, so I definitely recommend it. Nice. I hate when that happens with series. I've had that happen before, yeah. and you just get so into something and you love it so much, and to have it disappoint you is just 
crushing. Like, come on, be good. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, to be honest, there's uh, different side stories that make it make it worthwhile to read still. You know, like right. because of the Sandman. Sandman is one of those things when um, an artist were given a free range, and it worked out well. One of those rare instances, you know, and so. Uh, Neil Gaiman uh, does a lot of um, experimenting, and so some of them work, some of them don't. But it really, if you're like a lover of that kind of stuff, uh, you should definitely read it. I know they were wanting to make a TV show of it, but after hearing the premise from different people, I don't think they could do any. They could do it justice at all. They, they were having to, to do with dreams. They wanted to do a movie for the longest time with uh, what's his face. Uh, Robin from Dark Knight Returns. What's his face? Oh, Chris wow. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. The no, guy. Yeah, the Joseph guy who has no face. Yeah, that one. Yeah, he... Uh, and I just can't see it, especially in a movie. Maybe like an HBO Showtime yeah. kind of miniseries. Maybe. Um, but I would leave it as that because it's it's beautiful art for, for seven books eight books with overture beautiful art beautiful writing and it's really it's really utilizing all the uh, the comic book aspect of it uh it's just wonderful with all its with all its flaws you heard it here folks overture well how many good recommendations do we need to get on this before we actually go look at it one of these yeah, days really. we're gonna have to have an episode dedicated to sandman and i feel like we owe it at this point well there have been so many books we sit there and say that about but this yeah. one just keeps it's it keeps, like that time. Like, atomic robo seems to come up all oh, the time oh yeah that's a good one but awesome awesome yeah all right well who would like to go next i wouldn't mind me, me, going me, me, uh, me. jack would like to go next all right well there you go who can say no to that childlike enthusiasm <laughs> <laughs> go ahead jack i've got the edge of venom verse number one. Ooh, i saw a cover for that on uh, twitter is it good yeah yeah it's about <laughs> what i expected that spider verse was way better but this starts out with what her name what's her name laura X-23. Laura Kinney? Yeah, that's it. She's in a uh, research lab where she's in this little room, and she's sitting there talking to herself that they did this five times to me already. First time they shot me, almost killed me. Second time they gassed me. It's not going to happen again. She breaks out of the this room after the door opens, and all these guards are charging her, and she starts tearing them up as she does. And she ends up hiding, getting away and hiding in a separate room. And in this room, there's a glass pane that says, do not enter uh, live, live, uh, what's it say? Live specimen. Just then the guards end up shoot, throwing some gas into that room and she slices the window open and it's a symbiote comes out. And then you see mm. all the guards are like, oh God, no. <laughs> then it cuts to two months later where she's ducking down in this old abandoned house and these kids come walking in checking it out saying oh yeah this would be a good hangout for us and meanwhile the symbiote's sitting there talking to her he's saying you know they don't need to be here we should kill them and eat them and she's like no no they're, we can't do that so she ends up coming around the corner and scaring them kind of golemish from Lord of the Rings and they run out all scared and the, kid, the kids end up running into a bunch of thugs that they owe money and start roughing the kids up she next 23 jumps out and saves them and they're like oh you're pretty cool you should hang out with us so they end up teaming up and hanging out together uh x23 help helps them steal stuff from people all over the place like this one kid bashes her in the nose so she gets a bloody nose and she'll run up to the people oh help me help me so the guy will help her meanwhile the kids are sitting there looting everything in the truck then later on uh this guy that worked at the lab, I guess he was a head honcho, he happens upon one of the kids, grabs him, is like, hey, come here, i got to ask you some questions. And she's like, no, you know, leave me alone. And she turns around, and all of a sudden, she's got, like, the venom part of the symbiote face on her face, on the mouth. Like, somehow, all of a sudden, like, little parts of the, the symbiote start branching off onto the kids. One kid's got a big symbiote hand, one's got one on her face, the other one's got on her legs, so they're jumping around. Next thing you know, with this a uh, guy from the lab, a bunch of guards come, start, you know, closing in on all of them. Laura's like, I need it all back. So she gets it, starts tearing up people. 
she gets all the kids to run into this bank and they close themselves into a vault. And then all of a sudden, this big swirly image starts coming on her and she's like, oh no, they're taking me. And all of a sudden, poof, she disappears. And then all of a sudden, Laura's sitting there all venomed out and she's saying, you know, you took me from him. Why did you do that? And she looks, the next panel is this Captain America symbiote. And he's like, we need to help. There's a war coming. And I just sent you guys in the chat there, a link, a Venom Cap. All right. I can't wait to see this. Let's see here. It's not really that great. I wasn't sure who it was at first. I had to look it up. I'm like, okay, it is. is it, what was the title of this book again? Oh, Edge God. of Venomverse. Maybe I, what I saw was the superior Spider-Man Venom, because uh, this does not sound the least bit familiar. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. picture of her laying like crouched down on the ground that's the best image in the whole book of what she looks like is Venom other than the cover which is freaking awesome but hmm. it was done yeah. by a separate artist yeah the art is not, not looking very good no <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I would tend to agree with you all right the word serviceable comes to mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah that came to my mind when you were describing the story too no. <laughs> it's a solid six out of ten. <laughs> All right, Jake, that leaves you. Yeah, I was really excited about this comic. It's called Weavers, written by Simon Spurrier, illustrated by Dylan Burnett. Um, I bought the first chapter, and about halfway through, I bought the rest of the chapters. Oh wow! Uh, <clears throat> the concept is it's kind of a supernatural horror slash crime thriller of a comic, you've got this mafia family called the Weavers, who have this ironclad grip on, like, the underworld scene in this city, which hasn't really been named yet, because all of them possess this spider-like parasite Mm -hmm. that gives them some set of bizarre, unnatural powers. And the family itself, different members live and die and retire, but the parasites continue on to infest new hosts. And so the sort of like the memories and the powers carry on with them. So uh, you're seeing it from the perspective of the newest member of the family, who's just some punk, kind of a nobody who was in the middle of uh, he was in a bar that got hit by a rival crime gang, uh, crime gang, crime family, whatever. Um, And one of the Weaver's top hitters happened to be in the bar when they blew it up. The kid survived. The Weaver did not. And her parasite just looking for the next living host, entered him. And she ended up being one of the family's, like, most important, hardest-hitting... She was, like, the wet-work expert. Hmm. The power she gained from this parasite, she could project from her hands this, like, roiling mass of tendrils and fangs and claws, and she was, like, their their kill button, you know? If the shit hit the fan, she was the one who silenced the whole operation. And the first chapter is him coming to grips, both this powers and the power structure of the family... You know, the boss, when you're first introduced to him, he's stark naked in the middle of a meat locker where he's got his desk and his cabinets and all this stuff, and there's steam rising off of him. You're like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I guess his ability is uh, he can manipulate your body's internal temperature at will. So he kills people by cooking them from the inside out with their own fluids. Yeah, it's it's seriously brutal. And you get introduced to, you know, the cast of characters and their bizarre range of powers. And the art style is fantastic. It's this very Hellboy-ass kind of Mignola. It's sharp and angular with lots of contrasting colors. It's it's gorgeous. I'm loving it. I can't wait to finish the series. It sounds like you. Yeah. Oh, it's it sounds very, like it's you. so <laughs> far up my alley, dude. Very Jake. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Weavers, check it out. Very cool. Very successful comic vault. Agreed. All right. With that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Dan and talk about The Last Arrival. Again, running on Kickstarter until September 20th. Thanks again for being with us, Dan. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I appreciate you staying up so late. I had no idea that uh, you were in the UK until just today. I don't know why that didn't uh, occur to me. Yeah, that uh, time difference dawned on us. We were both like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, so I'm a, I'm a night owl anyway, so that's it's good. not that big of a deal. That's awesome. good. Okay. Well, I, one, I want to thank you for uh, sending us a copy of The Last Arrival. It was cool to look at and a, just a awesome concept, which I'll go into uh, what I liked about it here in a little bit. But first, if you could tell the listeners uh, about The Last Arrival. Um, the Last Arrival is about five alien characters who are escaping their planet. 
because it's about to be destroyed destroyed by an unknown force. Uh, and it's the first issue is mostly about the characters and their interactions, and then they eventually land on a on a different planet that has an equal amount of mystery to it. Uh, and basically, that's it. It's a it's a, it's a mystery sci-fi fantasy journey road comic <laughs> it's all right. that <clears throat> what's well, a lot of fun and it's too beautiful to look at but um what really stuck out to me i mean you you've seen stories before of you know humans who set out to find new worlds and stuff like that but never do you see a story from that alien perspective setting out and then yeah. uh, does that make sense it's almost like a complete reverse spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> but um, but not only that, to have your main characters as these aliens, you know, these foreign-looking uh, creatures as your main characters. Um, I mean, not that it hasn't been done before, but uh, this is just... I don't know what how to say what I'm trying to say. Like you've got to walk a very narrow line, you know, because you're presenting an alien that's something unfamiliar. And aliens right, are yeah. so often the... The villain or the antagonist, you're you're uneasy, you know, you're put off by them. Or there's like one alien in a starship crew, you know. Sure. But you've got an entire cast of aliens, but their features and mannerisms are human enough that you can still make that connection with them. Yeah. That's true. They're, they're, yeah, they're humanoid for a reason. I yeah. could have made them weird gas monsters uh, and show up how how weird things I can come up with. But it's it's about it's about the relationships and right. the the reason the reason that they're alien has a has a bit of a deeper level to it. Ooh, that's intriguing. It makes sense to me that you you'd want them to have that relatability. I mean, yeah. you could make a six issue comic about sentient clouds of gas synthesizing hydrogen together. No one's going to give a mm -hmm. shit. You know? <laughs> that's, that's not relatable. Yeah, but this this is cool. I really like this. So, how did this uh, come to be? How did you get the idea to do this? Oh Jesus! Uh, do you have an hour? <laughs> uh, uh, this is this has a really long history. Uh, I always wanted to make comics uh, since I was like twelve, thirteen, and this was one of the first um, ideas I've come up with. And it combined two of my big interests, which was comics, and I'm not just talking about uh, making comics, but like reading comics, and. This will make sense to no person who read this yet, <laughs> but you guys get it. Um, yeah. And history. And so I was intrigued by um, learning history through comics. And and then it, it, this is just a very basic idea. I was um, I was thinking about what if aliens come down to to like a planet Earth that has been destroyed. And all they found find is comics, like the way we find um, hieroglyphs in uh, in Egypt. So what would they think of us? Uh, you know, like not really, to be honest. Um, and this was this is just a very basic idea uh, that I come up with, and then it it, it was building. It has been building for ten years now, and it reached a level where I'm where I'm okay with it, uh, a level of death. That I'm I'm very comfortable with with uh, characters very fleshed out and uh, and more of a theme of um, fantasy and the relationship between fantasy and reality uh, and this is all the five characters they are all uh, they are all an aspect of that relationship so we have a very um, uh, religious person or a person who's an artist. Or we have we have uh, we have a character who has uh, zero relationship with fantasy, and that is a relationship on itself, which he refuses. That this is the main theme: fantasy and reality. And I try to get as much get get some not answers, but um, uh, uh, approach it uh, philosophically. You know. Sure, sure. Um, uh, from all angles, from these, uh, from the views of these characters. This I love hearing on this show when someone says I've been working on this story 
in my mind for, you know, like 10 yeah. plus years. You can always tell. The genuine you passion tell. always shows. You can tell the passion behind the story. It's one thing for someone to say, I want to make a comic. I got to make a story quick. You know, they yeah. throw something together to make their comic. But it's well, totally different when it's, I've got a story. I need to make it into a comic. Right. It's This is... The uh, biggest idea I've ever had. So this is my magnum opus, and I'll make it even if I, you know, a, cu- a truck hits me or the scripts are <laughs> uh, the artist and so. Uh, you're making it now, me. so. Yeah. So your Kickstarter is running till September 20th. What kind of rewards are you offering backers? So I am offering, first of all, free shipping on all the rewards. It's all worked wow. in. Nice. Uh, there's t-shirt uh there's two t-shirts you can uh, choose from speaking of jack kirby we, we made one off of his style oh, uh, which is the retro retro design you can look at it on the on the kickstarter page uh and then there's the design i call nightmare fuel <laughs> which is more <laughs> which is more aligned to the um themes of the comic so I guess it depends on your uh, subjectivity, and also um, we we we're, we're pretty focused on the comic. Uh, this is my first Kickstarter, and I got a bunch of um, uh, suggestions that I should do commissions and that sort of things. But even if I fail, I want to make this about the comic. And if I feel like I'm selling, you know, pens with the Last Arrival logo. Uh, I don't feel, feel com- comfortable. So there's not a lot of things. It's mostly about the comic and uh, the whole experience. So, Absolutely, as it should be. So mm-hmm. after, uh, it looks like you already have at least the first issue, obviously, already uh, drawn, finished, ready to go yeah. to print. I even printed it. Oh, holy cow. Um, Are you serious? Oh, I, pr- I mean, I printed it for myself for promotional purposes. Um uh, about 50 copies um yeah, yeah it's beautiful i mean it's just like in front of me um it's tell you what i've never had colors come out like this before <laughs> i mean the colors are a big part of this series and um, yeah it's very vibrant uh, it came out like that so it's not like it's it, i don't know what happened um it came out like almost exactly as the because it, that, that doesn't happen I I, had, I made comics before, and that's weird. Um, we just made we just uh, uh, made the deal with the new uh, printer, and he he just printed the colors out like like almost perfect, you know, like as in as in, as it's on screen. Yeah, nice. we, uh, that is very rare to achieve, <laughs> sure. but it's gorgeous. It definitely is. So, uh, how soon do you anticipate after you know your Kickstarter finishes that uh, copies will be in people's hands, supporters? Well, I mean, the, yeah, I mean the comic is finished, so it only uh, depends on the printer and us delivering it. I have help, and the printer is uh, very quick, as I've tried him. <laughs> I've tried him out. Um, so I gave November, but hopefully I'll try to do October. In October, um, you know, That's everyone gets, gets in the post by October, hopefully. But for, as uh, you know, for uh, to leave me a bit of, bit of a buffer because this is my first Kickstarter and I'm not, I'm not trying to um, uh, reach the greatest heights here. Um, I gave November as the last uh, month that you will get this comic. That's awesome. That's 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 great incentive for people. Absolutely. Back. I know it is uh, for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So do you uh, get out on the con circuit at all? Do you go to conventions? Um, I'm really new to um, just publicizing my my uh, comics. I'm going to Comic-Con Amsterdam uh, this September. Nice. Uh, that's about it for now. Uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm really on the budget. Um, but I'm trying to spend more on cons and trying to get um, more in touch with the fans uh, because I haven't done. I'm, I'm a writer and I haven't really done my PR job very well, <laughs> and I realize that um, I'm not. I'm not good at it, and I make horrible mistakes. As um, we all do. But yeah, and I learn from it mm-hmm. a lot. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm we, we actually so we've been around since 2015 with the uh, Free Fantasy Comics, and uh, we've been making smaller comics. Uh, by the way, if you want to check out the site, it's freefantasycomics.com. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff on there. There's kids comics, from kids comics to horror comics, to psychological thriller, gut-wrenching stuff, uh, all sorts. Um, but what I, want, what I wanted to say is that I just shoved it out there so far, you know? Like, I just put it out there and I haven't really worked on it, uh, getting it to people. And this is my first uh, real attempt to getting it to people because I feel like The Last Arrival is such a huge project for me that i really want people to read it and read it they should and uh, we're going to help uh make that happen it's what we do oh thank you exactly we're going to put it on the website we'll also be tweeting uh our hearts out about that kickstarter i'll be sending out ravens as well oh ravens that's a good thing to do (laughs) yes yes uh morning doves maybe possibly you know you never know uh, and again, head to freefantasycomics.com to check out everything that uh, Daniel has going on there, The Last Arrival, and uh, other projects like Blender, Day of the Robots. And uh, you can find him on Twitter at Fantasy Comics. Is there anywhere else people should be checking fantasy out? Fantasy with two Fs, if I'm not mistaken. F yeah, Fantasy Comics. Yeah. Oh, thank you for pointing that out. That's I, fine. But if if you if you write in uh, Free Fantasy Comics, I think we're the first one to come up. I've checked it from other sources. So Twitter's usually pretty fine. good about getting you where you need to go if you're not yeah. exact. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. So uh, awesome, man. Best of luck to you. And we're going to keep, uh, like we said, uh, promoting, pushing the word. And uh, if there's anything else we can do for you, Daniel, please don't hesitate to ask. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show. And all I want, all, all I want to say is uh, the Kickstarter is everything that's on there is not final. I've been adding pledges uh, since I began, and I have more surprises to come, so keep looking. Uh oh. All right, and yeah, if you shoot us those updates too, we can uh, we relay those as yeah, well. Yeah, as yeah. As the situation sure. changes. Yeah, for sure. Candare adapts to the situation. We're very adaptive. We are. We're like chameleons. That's <laughs> why we take you under our wing. We treat our baby birds with very, yeah. very great respect. Like, it more like grows than changes, so <laughs> I just I just learn along the way, and right. then oh yeah, I should have done this like two weeks ago, and then I just shove it on there. Right, awesome man. Well yeah, uh, we'll do our best to promote it, and uh, I, I don't know what to say. We'll I, do our best to promote it. We'll do our best to promote it. There we go. <laughs> Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CandarePodcast.com where you can see our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on social media, visit the Hall of Heroes, see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos for our YouTube page, click that first merch button and get a clock or a pillow. <laughs> Maybe a backpack one day. Who knows? iPhone case? Yeah. <laughs> I need a pillow. Well, you know where to find luck, Daniel. <laughs> Holy shit. This is like fate meeting us today. Yeah. <laughs> Or if you have comments, complaints, or just give us a high five, send us an email on our contacts page. And uh, we're still at Twitter at CandairPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. We're not leaving. We're going to hold on to those for a good long while, I think. That's a good point. So, you know, pop in, say hello, retweet all our stuff. You know the, you know how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. YouTube page. YouTube page. Lots of stuff happening there. Uh, Wizard World, promo code CandAir. Yeah. No space, no capitals. Yeah, we just, uh, again, coming off the heels of Chicago Con this past weekend, and that David Tennant wasn't able to make it to. Uh, yeah. That had to have been a... Mm. We, got a little, uh, we got a little Wizard World David Tennant panel coverage. We do. The audio is absolutely horrendous, but give it a go anyway. It's better than nothing. It's easier to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will, I will second that. Watch it on YouTube, because uh, the audio is just... Just watch it. <laughs> I, I have a hard time understanding and listening to the audio part. Well, you know, it's there are so many people. We're so far away because of there's so many people. And he's got such a thick people. accent. And his thick accent in the echo of the microphone, it was so, yeah. It's a quadruple threat of yeah. factors <laughs> working against us. I hate watching any kind of Comic-Con footage because every time... Uh, someone says uh, someone on the stage <laughs> says something is just like Whoo! yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> and then, I can't I can't hear anything 
No dignity. I think we learned to stick to the smaller panels from <laughs> now on. <laughs> smaller names. But uh, for those people going to the next Wizard World convention in Nashville, September 8th through 10th, Madison, and September 22nd through the 24th, and Oklahoma, October 27th through the 29th at wizardworld.com at time of purchase. Can there, lowercase, no space. Get that 10% off your tickets. Why wouldn't you do it? So people? easy. 10% off. Come on. Can't beat that. You really can't. You really can't. So, uh, anything else, gentlemen? No, I think we covered it. I think well, that's going to Stay do in it. school, kids. <laughs> Spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> All that happy horse shit. Uh, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Gordon. I'm Jake Runyon. And I'm Daniel Prim. Thank you for listening. this movie but wait timmy's blind but what am i supposed to do why not try a podcast spirit spirit all the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the canned air podcast finally a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation now we know and knowing is half the battle G.I. Toys we wish we had. Um. Oh, like uh, toys or stuff. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Caught in that weird fucking stupid thing where it's like, oh, we're doing sound check. Better whisper real close to the mic. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.